I'm not good enough. I'm, I can't even help my wife. What kind of man am I? Why am I not good enough for her? I'm trying my best. I think too, like, I mean, I felt like I was an 80 year old. I had no sex drive. I, I had no desire. Like that was just another energy output. Couldn't even bring myself to thinking about it. Stereotypically, a male thing is that they feel loved when you make love with them. That definitely wasn't happening. I thought that that was okay because it was just my way of surviving. Like I didn't want to put out more energy. But for Chris, it was very much like, oh, she doesn't love me. Hello and welcome to Parenthood, conversations about life after kids. I'm your host, Leonia Kidanor, and every fortnight I will bring you discussions about the real and raw realities of parenting, life behind the Instagram filter. Join us as we laugh, cry and bond over the organised chaos that is parenthood. Chris and Philippa, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hi, thank you. So to everyone listening, I have Chris and Philippa, the founders of award-winning holistic health practice, Chris and Philly Functional Medicine, uh, chatting to us today about all things burnout, um, in, particularly in high-achieving parents, which uh, is pretty much our community in a nutshell. Um, so they're best known for ending body burnout um, in high-achieving parents uh, by increasing energy, mood, and gut health. Um, they've been featured in Body and Soul, Forbes, 9.com.au, The Daily Telegraph, and many more. So we are super pumped to uh, to have you on today, guys, and to hear your st- stories around burnout and to get as much advice as we can um, because I think if you're a parent, you've probably experienced even just the slightest bit of burnout and fatigue in your time. So <laughs> so let, let's start right from the start. So um, I'll throw it to you first, Philippa, around um, what were you up to, you know, in your life regarding sort of let's focus in on this high ambition bit, which I can absolutely resonate with. So what was going on in your life before you had your first child? Yeah, cool. So I was, I was a, a addicted studier, actually. <laughs> I'm like, what else can I study at university? So I actually ended up doing a PhD. Um, uh, my my PhD was around human rights and transforming the world with words, basically. And it was awesome and I loved it and I loved writing and researching. Um, but I was working a lot. And in my head too, I was thinking about this podcast. I'm like, I was thinking about... I can't wait. So this is back then. I can't wait to have children because when I have children, I won't be working so much and I can spend time walking in nature and having fun and all those sort of things. So there were issues with work-life balance even before I had kids and it was to do with a whole heap of things. It was pretty much the stories that I was telling myself that I need to do more to be more. Um, And at the end of the day, it was there was a lot of imposter syndrome going on. So I was like, I have to get the best grades and I have to get things published in order to, to have worth. (laughs) So Mm. that's where I was at. So very stressed out. And then, yeah. 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 Chris, what about you? What was happening in your life? Uh, I've been in sport and, and uh, performance my, my whole life. I think Um, started playing representative rugby league at, uh, 10 or 12, something like that, really young, played uh, multiple sports at a high level, um, represented uh, my state and and even in the army represented Australia. And uh, my body in the in the pursuit of of winning and being the best and gold medals and trophies and podiums and all that sort of stuff paid the price, which, you know, some people might say, oh, well, that comes par for the course with with seeking winning, right? And they're probably not wrong, but it still left me broken, beat up, uh, depressed, s- sad, feeling worthless, uh, a lack of identity, uh, a void of myself, 
uh, disconnected relationships with my with what with myself, but then with my kids, my daughters, uh, my wife, and uh, every everything was looking bleak despite the trophies in the cabinet. I feel like there was a pattern too because when we got together, I think it was a year or two later you had a pretty um, intense knee surgery mm. which left you really depressed. Like there was a point where it was only for a couple of weeks but you were depressed and I'm like, I've never seen you like this before. Yeah. And so there were patterns already with that burnout and pushing your body to the extreme, mm. then add on children and building and running a business later on in life. And that's mm. where I think it wasn't just the sort of the injuries that popped up. It was other stuff too. Yeah, I was in a cycle. I was in a mm. loop. Did you have a plan in your mind, okay, where, you know, we are both ambitious people here, um, once we become parents, you know, as you said, Philippa, you're like, oh, everything will just change and I'll walk in nature and I won't be so go-getter. And, you know, but did you have things in place um, at the time where you thought, okay, I'm, we're going to, I'm, Philippa, you may have said, I'm going to take a year off. Chris, you, you know, I'm going to take several weeks and then I'm going to do X, Y, Z to be home more. Did you guys have much of a plan before parenthood? No. No, actually. So this is funny. So Poppy, Poppy, when Poppy was born, Chris was, you slept at the ho- the hospital because I had a really traumatic birth mm. and Chris slept at the hospital and still got up at 5am in the morning to go and run his boot camps. This mm. is like the day after Poppy was born. Wow. So no, not at all. I didn't, mm. I kept working. So I was working at university back then mm. and then also helping Chris in his business and so I think it's the life of the entrepreneur too mm. that it's hard unless you build it to a point where you have other people working for you. Back then yeah. we didn't. Mm. And it was almost like, well, if we stop working, we don't get any money. Yeah. And so, yeah, we didn't have it. We did not have a plan. I've never thought about that. We should mm. have had a plan. <laughs> I remember I I, um, I actually suffered both pregnancies with prenatal and postnatal depression. And one of the, uh, I had I was seeing a psychologist um, every week leading up to the birth of um, both of my children. And one of the things she said was, yeah, put a plan in place because I'm a stress head and highly anxious and things like that and a high achiever and all of those things. Um, you know, put a plan in place so that you kind of have a bit of control around, you know, having a little bit more expectation once the baby's born. So I often ask that to guests because I'm like, did you guys do that? And the answer is generally no, we just were going to wing it um, outside of maybe taking off a little bit of a time for maternity leave. That's kind of the end of the plan. So does that mean, Philippa, talking about maternity leave there? So you didn't really, being, being an entrepreneur, you just had new bubs on one hand and like laptop in the other? Like how did you, um, is that what it looked like oh, for yeah. you? Or, yeah. Absolutely. Like okay. that is exactly what it looked like. And then and then chucking household chores and cooking mm. and answering the door to visitors, I would hold, like I would literally carry around my babies breastfeeding, doing stuff. <laughs> you know those, you know those uh, stereotypical uh, parent, mum parenting images you can get <laughs> and download? Philly, Philly looked like that, like with a, a phone and she was on hold <laughs> to somebody and she was sending an email. She had a baby at a boob and uh, the, then she had me running around the house doing whatever the heck I do. And yeah. and, and then my other, our other daughter, Poppy, our oldest one, was... Uh, you know, being Poppy, she's rambunctious. Yeah. And it was interesting too. I should have learned because Poppy's mm. birth, again, I mentioned very traumatic. I, ha- I was in and out of hospital several times and had an internal catheter in for four months because I couldn't pee. Mm. Um, and like I was forced to stop. I was actually forced to stop because I literally couldn't function. Mm. And then I always said in my head, I'm like, second baby, I did not actually even think about having a second baby at that point, but two years on, I'm like, okay, I think I'm ready to have a a sibling for Poppy. Um, And in my head, I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm going to rest and slow down and, you know, still running a business but trying to outsource more. And Mm. the crazy thing was Elsie's birth was a C-section, which was actually beautiful and amazing and wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. And Elsie, unlike Poppy, was a very, like, she slept pretty well, whereas Poppy cried all the time nonstop. 
And so I actually felt really good after a couple of weeks. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, I can get into work and study and what can I do? Like I'm feeling really good with the Mm. second baby. Let's jump back into it. And that Mm. was just the worst because that's where postnatal anxiety really hit in for me. Mm, what does that look like, postnatal anxiety? What, how did that present for you? Yeah, so I had a bunch of other health symptoms as well. So anxiety was probably the biggest one that was like, holy crap, who the heck am I? So mm. getting a lot of panic attacks, heart palpitations, felt like I couldn't breathe. Mm. It showed up as anger big time for me as well. So mm. a toddler, little baby, like I was I was a dragon mom. I was screaming at them all the time, just triggered by the smallest thing that now mm. I would have laughed at. Yeah. And then anything that Chris said to me, I took offense. And so he was walking on eggshells because our relationship wasn't doing so well. So that was how anxiety showed up for me. But I had other things too, like chronic back pain. Um, Sometimes I was lying in bed bed all day because I was in so much pain, catching colds and flus every two to four weeks, heartburn, skin issues, PMS. I felt very nutty. Chemical sensitivities too, actually, like just burning fake candles and feeling like I had morning sickness again. I'm like, Mm. holy crap, am I pregnant? Doing like 10 different tests until a couple of weeks later I realised I was reacting to things in my environment. Jesus, so such a, I just feel like listening to all of that, I'm like, you would have felt like you're just walking around in a bit of a haze of a pain and, you know, just feeling really out of your body and not really feeling grounded whatsoever. I mean, how the hell could you not be a dragon mum? Like, you're, you're, you know, like if you're not feeling settled within yourself, it's very difficult to be patient and, you know, with those around you. I mean, Chris, what, what was that like for you that time? And like, did you just see all of a sudden a turn in Philly's like behavior? Was it like, did it happen over time? Talk to me about your Mm. experience. So going through my own existential crisis and identity void at that time as well, Mm. um, it went when, and what I've noticed uh, is that this is very common. At that time, I thought it was just me. Mm. And, um, and so I thought, oh, she's attacking me. This is, and I made it about myself, um, which I think is, it's pretty common. Uh, It's pretty realistic for for that to happen in, in unskilled uh, relationships that, that, you know, they haven't gone through that tester yet, or they haven't been, you, you can't know what you've not been taught. You can't have what you've not been given. And at mm-hmm. that time, in that in that moment in our relationship, I was experiencing a, a, a stress or a stimulus that I hadn't been prepared for. <laughs> I wasn't. I didn't have a plan, mm. and I was taking it personally. And and yeah, our marriage was like on the rocks. It was. Mm. It was a stressful time. I think too. So I don't know. It was probably partly the way that I was behaving. But Chris would go to, so we had a gym back then and he'd go there at four o'clock in the morning, wouldn't get home until 10 o'clock at night. Mm. So, and, you know, the excuse was there's so much to do, but really it was he didn't want to come home because I'm hiding. (laughs) (laughs) It probably was. And also too, um, so I don't think you really saw the extent that I was struggling. And I was so, I was full of a lot of shame and guilt, mm-hmm. especially how I was um, reacting to my children. And so mm-hmm. I didn't do that in front of Chris and I didn't do yeah. that in front of my mom or my sisters or my friends. Mm-hmm. It was very much closed doors, just reaching a breaking point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I exploded yeah. and my poor children were the ones that took the brunt of it back then. Yeah. And it's it so- was yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, just mm. a memory. Um, mm. Elsie was three months, so our second baby. And I actually went up to Sydney. Oh, this is crazy. So she was breastfeeding still. And I had to do a one week clinical um, in person thing up in uh, a natural therapies college up in Sydney. And so, I mean, that was just intense anyway, trying to juggle, juggle all that. But I remember mm. my sister, I don't know if she remembers that, if this, she may listen to this. Um, 
something happened and she triggered me. She said something about my toddler who was very crazy high energy back then. And I screamed, like I screamed mm. at her, like I had my children in hiding. And then I'm like, okay, something is not right here because this mm. is not like, this is not how I behave. <laughs> like a big reaction to a probably big too reaction. big a reaction to it. Yeah. Um, to, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, there's so many points there that I just think would be so beneficial to delve into for, for our audience. I mean, it, it does resonate, even though it sounds though, uh, Philly, yours was quite extreme. I mean, uh, you know, all the things that you had going on for you physically, mentally, gut issues, all of those sort of things that were happening. To some extent, I think all of us as parents and particularly as mothers have experienced that feeling of just complete, um, you know, overwhelm and exhaustion once we've had a child. And we have all barked at our partners and we have all done that. So I want to delve a little bit deeper into that because I think it's a really cool lesson from you guys. So Chris, back then, and you did make mention of this, you said, I took it personally. So, you know, mm-hmm. Philly would have a little go and it's from her perspective, it's she's just not feeling good within herself. So she's just going to bark at the person next to you, next to her. I can totally relate. Um, so from your perspective, Chris, what, so you were feeling like attacked. Talk to me a bit more about that. How did, yeah, what was going on mm-hmm. in your head? Okay. So I'll transport myself back to that, that time. We uh, were so young then. <laughs> I, I, I think, okay, so we specialize in body burnout, which is the physiological changes that, that happen in your body um, as a result of the stuff going on in your life. Mm. And um, some of the things that I was going through at that time were soreness, chronic soreness, acute soreness, um, constant soreness sleeplessness, stressfulness. So I call them my stupid S's because they just make, they make a person less cognitively able to make better decisions. Mm. And, and so, uh, as I said before, you can't have what you've not been given and you can't know what you've not been taught to know. And growing up, um, I would say I didn't have the best role model of, of, masculinity and manhood and fathering in my life and um and not, you know many people would have a situation worse or different than than me but at that point in my life where it was a relationship issue um where we needed to come together and grow together and and rise in love we were instead of doing that we were falling but not in love we were falling apart and and i think that was because we both did our own thing and we went about this separately and and so i was taking it um as a hit on my head as a hit on my ego i'm like i'm not good enough i'm i can't i can't even uh help my wife what kind of man am I that I can't even handle this? Why I'm doing all I can. Uh, Why am I not good enough for her? I'm trying my best. Mm. I think too, like from an intimacy point of view, I mean, I Mm. felt like I was an 80 year old. I had no sex drive. Mm. I, I had no desire. Like I, Mm. you know, that was just another energy output that Mm. I couldn't even bring myself to thinking about it and so the Chris and this is you know just stereotypically a male thing is that they feel loved when you make love with them and so there was that like that definitely wasn't happening and Mm -hmm. so I thought that that was okay because it was just my way of surviving like I didn't want to put out more energy but for Chris it very much like oh she doesn't love me and it, and it and it is okay like i'm not saying that um philly you should have sex with me like <laughs> I'm not, i never did do that and, and i still don't believe that that's um, you know i must do yeah. but, but my language is my love language is is um it is what it is and i i can come at these these challenges now with more understanding, whereas mm. back then I didn't have the understanding that uh, there were different love languages. Yeah. I didn't know mm. that. I didn't, 
I couldn't get out of my own way to see that my wife just had a human cut out of her uterus (laughs) and she saw and it's not about you. She saw too. She's more sleepless than you, bro. And she's stressed. I'm talking about love language as well. Mine Mm. is five love languages. Um, I can't remember the author, but mine is quality time. So, I mean, Chris wasn't there all day. Uh, I'm home at 10 o'clock and try and snuggle up next to me. I'm like, hell no. You have quality time. (laughs) So what was the turning point there then? When did everything, when did, yeah, everything sort of come to a head and you go, you know what, we need to do something differently here? It was Mm. either break up or come together Mm. and It was lots of hard decisions, lots of hard conversations, lots of yelling, Mm. lots of anger. This is my anger dragon mum. I actually punched him once and his nose (laughs) broke. I've only ever done that. At least we could laugh about it today, you know. Yeah, and and so we're not domestic violence is not good in any way, but that's how yeah, just the level that, that you. And, you and know, that's why we're. That's yeah. why we're so. Oh, I was just going to say, and yeah. you know what? That's why we're so passionate about this yeah. because passionate. it's yeah. not okay. And it's yeah. so. It would have been if we had somebody in our corner, mm. like what we're being for other people now. Yeah. If yeah. we had somebody that we could turn to that yeah. would say to us, "Hey, understand. It's kind of understandable that you're feeling this way. Yeah. It's not okay to lash out and hit." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Your poor husband, even though yeah. he's six foot seven and you're like five foot three. <laughs> do, do you know what's interesting? I um, I spoke to a relationship psychologist um about. I said to her, "Oh, um, who are you? The couples that you're most worried about when you, you know, t- tell me an example of you know a story of the ones that you're most worried about." And she said, "You know, the ones I worry about the most when they walk in." And they say, we haven't fought. We haven't fought in like five years. There's no oh. passion there. There's no, when you're fighting, it means you care. And that really, yeah, like right. what you're talking about, you're, there was so much passion <laughs> yeah. you know, that you cared, right? You cared enough to want to turn it around. So, so talk to me about this turning it around bit. I would say there were phases. So separately, like even before that point where the relationship was really on the brink of like break up or turn around was I was already thinking about my health and I'd been working on that for a year or two again trying to figure it out on my own so that's why we love what we do too because we can make that process so much quicker um so first of all it was me realizing that I don't want like I I want my marriage I don't I love my children and I don't want to psychologically screw them up. Mm. And I feel like I don't want to feel like I'm 80 years old. And so for me, um, that was even like that journey for me started even before the second baby came along. So when Poppy was one, um, I read a book called Deep Nutrition and completely changed my life because it taught me that you can eat real healthy food and it can actually heal your body, mm. um, which I think about that now. I'm like, isn't that common sense? But for me, it was a big insight. Mm. And so I completely changed the way that I was eating. And I really feel like that got me to a point where, because I was definitely burnt out after the, f- the first baby, but changing my nutrition got me to the point where I'm like, okay, I feel like I can have another baby, but it hadn't resolved all the issues, which is why everything blew up again when I had Elsie. Mm-hmm. So there was that side of things. And then you also went on more of like a, so I was very much heal the body, heal the body. What can I do to heal my body? What are all the things that I can try? Who can I see? What can I do? Whereas Chris, well, I, I was, at that point, I was a competitive uh, strength athlete. I was competing in strongman, pulling trucks, flipping tires, lifting logs, wow. competing uh, at a national and a state level, um, doing doing well with that. Uh, and I was my body at that point was was pretty much busted. So I, I was looking. I, I also had some stuff. Um, issues at, at work and that, that pushed me over the edge of, okay, things need to change uh, and things need things needed to change fast or mm-hmm. else I'm going to lose not only my relationship but my business, uh, my my friends, my, my clients. Uh, and, and I even thought, 
you know what? I, I was in such a dark place. I even thought about losing my life. It was, mm-hmm. it got to a point where there was really dark days. And, and so I needed, needed help. So I reached out for uh, support in the, in the form of mentors and coaches. And, and both Philly and I did that. Um, with different, with different, different ways. mentors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Different mentors. And, um, and so I, I sought help for my business. I sought help for my, my life and my, my relationships and my, my person, personal, um, stuff. Mm. And, um, and that helped me to get more skills and that helped me to get more mental resources. And I practiced and I learned and I grew. And so over the past five or six years that this has been, um, changing for me, my life is a lot, or it's a lot less. There's a lot less in my life right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the biggest reason why I feel different. Mm. And mm. so then from the relationship point of view, I think it just got to a point where like, okay, we're working on ourselves separately, but things still weren't great <laughs> with the relationship. And so that's mm-hmm. where... It was a process. I mean, we're we're still we're very opposites in almost always. Philly's so <laughs> detail oriented, and mm. I'm so big picture, fluffy headed, la la land. He has no conception of time. I'm always <laughs> on time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm very specific, definitely. <laughs> and so, I feel like for us, it's getting to know our. Per- I feel like what's helped with our relationship is one, just getting clear on what's important. And getting on the same page that like family is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And then also really understanding our personalities better Mm. and then sharing what like sharing how we like to communicate and why we think a certain way and why we do certain things Mm -hmm. so that it's not a, so that when I say to Chris, um, this is a cool resource if, I don't know if you or your listeners have heard of Gretchen Rubin, but she has a book called The Four Tendencies. Yeah. And it's a personality quiz, but basically um, it's about how how you can get yourself and others to do the things that you want them to do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I would say to Chris, can you put the washing out or put the rubbish out? And I'd come home eight hours later and it still hasn't been put out. Mm. And so, you know, and initially that was like, oh, he doesn't love me. He doesn't respect me. He's lazy, blah, 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 blah. I'd mm. be caught up in my own, like I'd be doing whatever the heck. <laughs> <laughs> doing something. But it had nothing to do with me. It was, it's more the way that yeah. he talks. And also I, I wasn't communicating in a way that, inspired and motivated him to do the things that I wanted him to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how could you have said it differently then on that note? Like, cause I think this is a big one for a lot of listeners. Like how the hell do I, get, how can we be more of a team? Right. That's what yeah. it is. So how would you have said it differently? Okay. Understanding. Can I? Yes. Yeah. So understanding your personality in uh, the four tendencies specifically, like there's lots of other things that you can learn about yourself. Let's just focus on that for a sec. Um, So there's Philly is an upholder. So she will meet her own internal expectations. She'll do what she says she'll do. Yeah. And she will do what other people ask her to do as well. She'll meet that. Recipe for burnout. Yeah. (laughs) And and then you throw in a bit of perfectionism and um, and, uh, external reward seeking, all that sort of Mm. stuff. I'm a rebel. I resist internal (laughs) expectations and I resist external. So I do very well with character, uh, archetypes, boundaries, identity-based stuff, which is probably why I had such a hard time when I was losing my identity. Mm. I didn't know who I was anymore. So what do I, I can't do what I've always done. So who the heck am I? Um, Was that, was that during when you first became a parent or when, when did your identity crisis happen? Uh, probably every couple of years. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> but but big time, I would say. I would say after Elsie was after born. Elsie, so yeah. we also okay. had some issues in business where we had some yeah. people leave That's... like dramatically and stuff. Um, I would say that that was a big, big sort of shift. Yeah. In, 
it hurt me yeah. and mm. and all these things it were, wasn't just like body burnout and injury mm. it was like oh i feel betrayed even though yeah. again looking back in hindsight there was no betrayal it was just no. what happened mm. I t- as i said I, t- I took things personally um, yeah so understanding myself as a rebel mm. uh i can be the type of person i want to be philly if if i communicate specifically with her and I'm regular with that, she she will respond to that and she'll do the things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she'll do all the things. <laughs> yeah. <And I'm- laughs> so I find with Chris, so again, Rebel's identity but also consequences. So, you know, let's use sex for an example. Hey, yeah. if you put out that thing for me, like the rubbish, then yeah. we might have some cuddle times tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like at the speed of light, just whoop, God. What else can I do? (laughs) Or even, like, I mean, the rubbish is such a trivial thing. It might be something bigger. I'm trying to think of something right now. But it would be like, hey, remember that conversation where, you know, we're important to each other. We want to make this this relationship not just work but thrive and we want to be the best parents and role models for our children. Can Mm. you do this thing? Because that's Mm. going to help you to be the type of person that you want to be. Hmm. So interested because it obviously was like a little chaotic there for for a while and then what progressively so you start working on yourselves and again I'm thinking of you know the people listening who may be sitting in the chaos right now going okay well Mm. I'm resenting my partner massively and I'm kind of resenting all of this and this isn't this parenthood thing isn't all that it I thought it would be and now I'm stressed because I can't be at work as well and I'm not performing there as well and you know a lot of people have been to different extents um, in your shoes so I mean sitting there thinking about what we could do to support them as a sort of a little bit of a step-by-step and I certainly want to go into your business as well in more the body burnout stuff but let's let's cover off on this relationship piece so it's okay start you know potentially see a therapist see a life coach or whatever it looks like um you know youtube this if you don't want to spend the money to go out and you know Mm -hmm. um pay but um to try and better discover yourself have conversations with your partner and you know read things like the love languages and things like that to to sort of help better understand them and then what just sort of i'm just trying to understand from your journey was it a progression of you know a few conversations that turned into or was it quite structured like every Saturday we go for a walk and we're going to discuss this about our relationship just to get it back on track what did it look like if if Philly was married to another upholder it probably would be structured yeah. structure isn't my jam yeah <laughs> I would love to say that it's like every week we have a, a family meeting yeah, and yeah. every week we have date nights I mean we always we always talked about it and we scheduled it into the calendar. Mm. Didn't necessarily happen, but even the fact of scheduling it in and recognizing that we're important to each other. Yep. And it was okay if it didn't happen at the time. It's like, well, hey, we've got this Saturday afternoon and we're not working and hey, let's go. We love going out to cafes. Like my kids <laughs> do too. So, you know, it's it. just finding more spontane- spontaneity opportunities to spend mm. time together. Mm. And like we love our kids, we look. We could and should. I don't. Well, maybe it would be nice to go on dates together. But mm. we also work together. So when our kids are at school, we're together. So it's yeah. actually like we find it. I find it. It fills my cup up when we have the whole family together. Mm. Yeah, so it and doesn't to me- necessarily have to be like date night every night to restore. Yes. It's actually like, let's get together as a team and have fun Mm. and hold hands and... How long did it take, do you think, for you to go again from the chaos to, okay, now I feel like we're a bit more on track. Was this six months? Was this, you know, like, what do you think reflecting back now? Was it a long process or was it pretty quick? Good question. I'd say, okay, what I'm about to say is a very masculine way of thinking about this Mm. is you make a decision you decide it's like do you want to be with philly chris or do you want to go or chris do you do you choose what do you choose Mm. and so i we both made a decision Mm. and and then it's at that point right there that that was that was the start Mm. it was um and I would say that decision was within the hour when we got mm. to that point where it's just like, what are, you what are we doing? Yeah. yeah, It was like immediate. There was yeah. no, no 
there was no inkling in my mind that I didn't want our relationship. And I think it was the same with you. So mm-hmm. actually maybe it was 30 seconds. Yeah. And yeah. then it's just an ongoing process. It's like process. even now it's mm-hmm. a, hey, you get a bit snappy today. What's going on? And so yeah. it's just reconstructing those conversations. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm that personality where I'm just like, go, 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 go. And I've learned how to harness that. But then there's periods in our life, like we've just moved house and we're currently in a halfway house and we've moved businesses. And so after a couple of weeks, like Dragon Mom was, you said it, Dragon Mom was starting to happen. I whispered to her ear, I was like, I'm a dragon. <laughs> but look, the, the beauty of it is that you can laugh, you can reflect, you know, with a lot more awareness now. I want to talk about your personal burnout um, and sort of ter- that t- turning um, turning that right around um, and then that obviously feeds into the work that you're doing. So, Chris, talk to me about, I mean, you so you saw the mentors, you started being a lot more aware of how you were behaving in this world really and where you were spending your time and things like that. What did it look like for you, that transformation journey out of burnout? Mm. You know what? This sound, What I'm about to say sounds so corny as I'm thinking about saying mm. it. But I 100% believe it to be, it's so damn true. Mm. Love, like it, it has to come back to love. Uh, really, love, if you don't love yourself, if you don't love your partner, if you don't love your kids, you're going to treat it like that bomby car that, that you've got that you don't care if you run it into the ground and you destroy and you you never get serviced and you you know, you just destroy it. Love. If you love your car, you'll treat it well. It'll get regular services. It'll You'll have all the best things. So if you love yourself, you'll do the things you need to do in order to be the kind of person you want to be and have the relationships that you want to have. So if you don't, if you don't love yourself, most importantly, mm. uh, you, you're going to find it really hard to find fulfillment in your relationships and and see that so Mm. loving yourself loving your partner loving your kids Mm. and doing things out of love not hate out of shame out of guilt out of frustration Mm. um so that's the that's the thing there's a little story mm. that can i just share a a little story Mm, around that yeah the fluffiness awesome. <laughs> is he came back from a one of like maybe his first retreat. So when he was working with his business coach and they were doing a lot of mindset training, he came home and he he'd always hated my antique dining chairs. And you know he'd always make comments about them. They're so uncomfortable. I'm a big, I'm a big guy. I'm a yeah, big guy. That was quite rickety to my me. My butt honest. doesn't fit on many things. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he came home and with no no malice, he said, "Hey, Philly, do you think it's time to get new dining chairs?" And I, at that time, was not at the point to discuss my dining chairs. And I'm like, no, my dining chairs are great. But then he sort of explains, like, it's not because it's not about the chairs, it's about my family. Because when I sit on the chairs, it hurts my back and I'm scared that I'm going to break them so I I can't relax. And then it makes me not want to have dinner with you guys because I'm uncomfortable and feeling heavy Mm. and at the end of the day I'm just I really want to be the best dad and the best husband that I can be Mm. like that was cool so that came back to loving yourself like Chris yourself to honor your body and to Mm. take away elements of pain or things that are causing pain Mm. but then the bigger thing was because I want to feel comfortable and safe so that I can be a better dad and a better husband and there were lots of like lots of like practical changes that I feel you made. There's stuff like that that happens every day. So mm. so when you said, did it happen like in six months? Did mm. it, like still going the only, like it's, yeah. it, it happens every day. Yeah. 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 I love that. And there's such an element of self-awareness there, which I think is what you guys really found um, coming out of burnout is just like, let's learn more about ourselves and let's be more self-aware. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, so you, a lot of your clients um, are high achieving parents. Uh, Give me an example of, you know, someone who's come in to see you guys and, um, and, you know, high achieving parent and it's completely, 
you know, a little bit burnt out, like we all are to some extent, you know, talk to me about what that burnout looks like so that we can be more aware of it. And what are the things that you suggest, you know, you can do to, to, to fix it? Like, yeah, talk to me, like, I want to bring what you're doing to life. Yeah, cool. So I would say there are three main symptoms that we see, like physical symptoms in a parent that's burnt out, and that's energy, mood, and gut or other inflammatory issues. So like feeling exhausted, feeling the brain fog, feeling like you come home and you just want to crash out on the couch and not spend time with your family, maybe even struggling to get through work using caffeine as a stimulant. Um, mood issues, so that's the anxiety, the depression. Now, a lot of mums also experience that postnatal anxiety or depression, but there are so many mums, and I dug into the research too, that this stuff like continues. If it's not addressed, you can continue having mental health issues, not just when your babies are small and young and you're sleep deprived, but we have many older mums and dads as well where they're just like, I don't feel any better, maybe marginally better from when my baby was a baby. My kid's now teenager and I still feel burnt out. So, and then gut issues. So when you're in that chronic fight, flight, go, 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 you basically switch into the sympathetic nervous system. So that's where your nervous system He's ready to fight the tiger. And so your digestive tract switches off, which can lead to a lot of gut issues, can lead to a lot of hormonal issues, um, detox issues. And so then, yeah, a lot of people are experiencing like bloating, heartburn, diarrhea, constipation, or it might show up as like achy, inflammatory, inflamed joints, skin issues, um, PMS, or like even disappearance of periods or really heavy periods for women. And so we uh, specialize in functional medicine, which combines natural therapies with scientific lab testing. So the first thing we'll get people to do is spit, poo, and wee. And then that would tell us a lot about their gut health, their detox pathways, their hormones, um, also looks at brain and neurotransmitters and the mitochondria. So that's all about how well you're converting food into energy, which gets burnt out when you're exhausted. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it's working holistically. So, you know. Depends on what you need. Yeah, depending yeah. on what, okay. and what people's root causes are. We, were, we want to find out, like, is there something inside you that we need to kickstart? Mm-hmm. Or is there something inside you that we need to kill off? You know, like some nasty bacteria or some mm-hmm. bugs, some overgrowths, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm. you can really shine yeah and so that's kind of like i mean and there's layers as well so first layer is what body systems are better out second layer is let's give you the targeted nutrients to support healing then Mm. it's like let's look at your diet now and your lifestyle and how you're living your life and a lot Mm. of people kind of stop there we're a bit different because and you just keep asking why like why is this an issue why do you have candida overgrowth which is like a yeast infection it's because they eat lots of sugar okay well let's change your diet but why are you eating a lot of sugar and you know often comes back to emotional reasons it's like because I have no sweetness in my life and I'm depressed and I'm just going for sugar and then it's like okay well why are you depressed and why is there no sweetness in your life so then Mm -hmm. that lower not lower but that deeper level of root cause healing is uh, where we're looking at mindset and the way that you're thinking and feeling the way that you're programmed Um, because we found as well that a lot of people only stopped at like the supplement or the diet diet Mm -hmm. level. And while Mm -hmm. they got some short-term results, you know, I have clients, and this is back before Chris and I worked together, but I had clients who would come back a few months later or a couple of years later and they're like, yeah, I have that same thing again. And it's like, why is this not getting resolved? Mm -hmm. Because the root cause hasn't been resolved. And I also find that so resonates. And I find that if someone says, yeah, just drink the drink or have the food or whatever, you're like, okay, cool. I'll do that for like six weeks. And then like, oh yeah, went on holidays and kind of got sidetracked. And the whole point is if you don't really understand why you're having the drink or eating the food or whatever it looks like or changing your lifestyle, um, you're not going to keep doing it. And I remember um, I went to a Tony Robbins um, five-day course. It's called Mm -hmm. Date with Destiny. And his biggest thing is people are not going to change 
until the pain is so real that it <laughs> forces you to change. Like, yeah. you know, if the pain's not there, you're just going to go back to, you know, back to the back to the original way. And so it's interesting you say that. I think that's really um, re- such a huge benefit from the work that you guys are doing. You're taking it right, peeling it right back to the why, making sure that everyone understands why they're behaving the way that they are and so that they can be successful in their treatment plan that you provide. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And so, all right. So I want to come full circle then um, with your journeys. And I think, and yeah, firstly, I think it's so admirable, uh, admirable that you've sort of come from a place of just like such, in a way, chaos. Like we could all, you know, as I said, we could all relate uh-huh. to some extent, but it was a little chaotic there for a while for you guys. And, and you've sort of come to this place where not only have you improved your own lives, but you're out there sort of improving others. So I think, you know, that is absolutely awesome. I want to ask each of you, what has been, what would your key tip be around if someone's listening, they're going, you know what, I'm experiencing burnout. What's something that they can start thinking about doing right away um, in order to sort of become more self-aware and to sort of, you know, improve on even that day? I just think sometimes immediate steps are really important. I don't know, Chris, what would you say? What would help? Yeah, I love it. So my biggest tip is just be really honest. You don't need to do anything in life. You don't need to, okay, you don't even need to feed your kids. Docs will come and take them away. They'll take them off your hands. Like, it's amazing. The government has a a special organization to take kids away from people like you. Um, You don't have to. Not you, Leonie. But, but, you know, you don't need to do anything. Mm. It's about want. Like, Mm. so at the moment, you're wanting to do all this stuff. You're wanting to spend time away from your wife. You're wanting to to not interact with your children. You're wanting to um, get to be more, to do more, to have more. So just mm-hmm. just recognize that, and without judgment and without hate and anger and guilt and shame, mm-hmm. just accept that that's the way you were. And now, in that moment, you have a choice. Are you okay with that? And if you're not okay with it, if you say, hell no, it's like, cool, well, what are you going to do about it? Mm. But you can't have that option to do something about it until you're honest with yourself. Mm. And look, for some people, they're not ready. Like they're like, yeah, I want something different, but I'm just not ready yet. And Mm. it's like anyone listening today can be honest with themselves. It doesn't mean that you need to, you know, chuck away all the processed foods or whatever or stop watching Netflix at night. Um but being honest with yourself because there will come a point where most people aren't okay with being subpar, especially if you're a high achiever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, I ask every guest who comes on this question. So I'll start with you, Philly. What, what has parenthood taught you about yourself as a person? Wow. Um, (laughs) I'm putting you on the spot. (laughs) I don't know if it's a bit negative, but I'm not as I'm not as mature as what I thought I was. <laughs> and it's oh, look, it's helped me to. It's definitely it's like a what's the pressure fire thing metaphor. Mm, mm. It's shown me very clearly my weaknesses, and it's like it's been an amazing experience for growth and for change. And again, like going back to that love. I wouldn't change if that love wasn't deep enough and it has. So it's also like feeling, being able to feel that deep love that mm. I don't know if I'd really ever felt before. Yeah. Like even with my husband, mm. definitely like there's love within my family and my husband and parents mm. and siblings, but it's different when it's your kids. Yeah, 100% agree. Chris, what comes to mind? Oh, uh, I, I believe that every day I'm reminded that I'm not the most important person in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Drop the mic. (laughs) 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 And so I went from this, uh, this, this boy, this 35 year old boy who thought that he could do 
anything he wanted and get whatever he wanted. And then all of a sudden, reality smacks him in the face. He has a couple of kids and uh, (laughs) he realizes, you know what? (laughs) All that stuff is really cool and it's important and it's great, but you're really not the most important person in the world. You've Mm -hmm. got these beautiful souls to to love and care for and and connect with and and uh, they didn't choose to come into this world like i philly and i chose to have them mm. we it was out we brought them into this world so what am i going to do about it yeah i yeah. gotta step up <laughs> yeah i love that uh to wrap up how can people find out more about you and chris and philly's functional medicine i believe they Best places to jump on. Well, I don't know if you're watching this through Instagram. We're on Instagram, um, Facebook, as well as our website is www.chrisandphilly.fm. You might have to check show notes in how to spell that. (laughs) But we also have, um, like, we have lots of, also, if you're listening and you're like, this sounds great, but it's just not the right time yet. It's, I'm not ready yet, but I want to you know, it might be, I need to learn more. I want to learn more. There's heaps of free resources on our website. So we have an amazing, it's called the Ending Body Burnout Assessment, which is a scorecard. Um, 77 questions, takes about five, 10 minutes to do. And at the end, you get a result that looks at your extent of your burnout symptoms, as well as looking at root cause contributors from the body or like behaviors that support body, mind and environment. So people love doing that Um, and you get a report at the end that, you know, analyzes your results and can help you even to take some next steps, even if that doesn't mean you're ready to actually um, work with someone. And then we have a a mini course as well that's free 10-part, what is it? Oh, conquering hormonal and gut burnout, which is pretty cool. So that dives deeper into the power of functional medicine and holistic healing. And if you want to go further than that, you can. there's a part on our website where you can book in for a free discovery call and you can find out if we're the right people to be able to help you and if uh, we know anybody that might be better able to take care of your specific needs by referring you to one of our network. Um, that's and the real opportunity there is that that you get the help that you need, how you need it, how you want it. Yeah, and circling back to what you said at the start, Chris, like had you had that help, you know, like what you do today, had you had that at that time, you know, you would have just what a circuit breaker, you know, so much more efficient. Mm-hmm. I think it speaks a lot to the two of you as a person having so many sort of the free tools and tips, and even that free initial cons- consultation. It just shows that really fundamentally, this is such a passion and purpose driven business. And um, yeah, I think it's fantastic. So keep doing your great work. Thank you so much for chatting Thank with you. us today and um yeah i'll pop all those details in the episode notes so that people can find you thanks guys so good thank you so much (laughs) cheers thanks for listening if you enjoyed this episode be sure to subscribe leave us a review and give us five stars if you're feeling fancy want to be part of the parenthood community join our facebook group and follow us on instagram at parenthood pod now i'll let you get back to the organized chaos Until next time.